Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Don't forget we have our final live show of the season at Flatiron Square on the 29th of May. So check out eventbrite.co.uk for tickets. And a big thanks again to Guinness for their support with that. I'm Andy Rowe and Goody and Jim are with me as usual. Uh, but we've got an extra special guest in the studio this week, TV superstar and a big fan of uh, rugby. Nick Knowles joins us. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good, thank you very much. Very pleased to be here in this massive palatial place that you record this in. Oh, we've just gone up in the world. Well, didn't we? That's what we do. We have, and I actually asked Nick off air if he's listened to the podcast before, and you said every single one. So Literally, you're a big fan, aren't you? A big fan, every single one. But you're a big rugby fan, aren't you? I'm, I'm looking. Yeah. So I've got a, a front view of you. I've got a side view of Goody. So similar position to Andy Good when you played back in the glory days. Or, or no, what? I was a flanker. Yeah, I was a little bit little for a for a back row, but um, in those days I was fast. Exactly, so like, I was my, re- like my good self when <laughs> I was playing. I was <laughs> fast. Yeah, take, but you got to remember this. Yes. This was in the days when, when like six foot four people weren't playing in the backs and playing on the wing because if you were six foot four you were told by the, whoever was teaching you rugby to get in a scrum where you belonged so at six foot almost two then I was I could just about hang out in the back row and that, I really really loved it there because it's you know it's the key position in it it's where it all happens it's where the game's controlled and a fly off obviously you control it once you get the ball but you can't win anything if you don't have the ball and we know who wins the ball um, to Gloucester fan well, no, actually. No, I, good, I, good. The no, Wasps, Wasps fan, actually. I, 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 I very specifically don't uh, pledge any allegiance to any particular club. And the reason for that is I work so much, I can't regularly get to one club. And so I just try and pick up a game wherever I am. So I'll, I'll be quite, seen quite often, because my mate's got a debenture down at Bath. So I'll go along there when I get when there's a home game and I happen to be home, because I live in the, out in the Cotswolds now. Gloucester's just up the road from me as well, so I go there. I used to go to Harlequins because it was my nearest club when I was living in London. He went up to see Wasps. In fact, you very nicely got me some tickets and cut at the old ground before yeah. they moved up to Coventry. I haven't had a chance to get up to Coventry yet. Out of a place. I'll come up to my, uh, the Andy Good Suite. I'll, I'll get up there. Nice. You'll, put, you'll put another two stone if you go to the Andy Good Suite. Yeah. Or you can eat buffet. Or you can eat Chinese it's buffets. It's not Chinese, mate. It's not Chinese. Is not there like week. some kind of retreat spa where actually you put weight on instead? Yes. Is that nice? I, I keep, yeah. That's where I live. <laughs> yeah, I do worry about Goody. Like, when you, you've got a front view of him, like, what are you thinking? So, uh, have you, when, when you look at this... I can't uh, believe he's not still playing, to be honest. Thank from, you. From, from, from the front. It's, you, I, it's side on. Like, I mean, same with me. I look good from the front on. It's when I turned side on in the mirror. But I actually thought um, you were in decent shape on Celebrity Jungle. I looked at you. We had the front view, the side view, and the back view. Mate, what's happened now? You're comfortable now, aren't you? That's Is that why? No, genuinely, I actually picked up an injury just before I went into the jungle. And uh, I had been in training a lot leading up to it. I had about five months of training leading up to it because I, I actually still turn out occasionally for a rugby side. But I was also playing like Beach Sevens and uh, and Fat Boy Tens for a rugby side out of Gloucester. There's a, I've got a, this um, rugby side Mike Tyndall started up, which we're, we're yeah. involved with called Rugby for Heroes. Yeah. Where you know about this because you're, like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're part of it, actually. Of aren't course, you? yeah. So, um, where we turn out and we play against uh, internationals like the um, South African legends. We just had a big game, Rugby Union versus Rugby, rugby league. league, what was laughingly described as a friendly. That lasted about 30 seconds <laughs> into the game. Bit of Beth? Well, Keith Senior ran the league side, so you can imagine how that started. Who out, wants to play against Keith Senior? <laughs> well, I'm seeing him play. I'm like, there is no chance. No. In a charity game, like, yeah, okay, Serevi. Yeah. No problem, because yeah. you know he's going to stay. Keith Senior, he's going one way. He's going route one. Who wants to play against him? Yeah, I know. And the, we had a, he played for us, thank God, against uh, South African legends. And um, he actually managed to fracture uh, Rudy's cheekbone in a, in a tackle. Oh, oh well. lovely bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Charity <laughs> game. Oh, I just broke my cheekbone. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's, you know, like I say, for these friendlies are friendly for about the first couple of minutes. But that, but it's great to be involved. So I got fit for that. And I was, um, and I knew I was going in the jungle. So I kind of wanted to be in reasonable nick, reasonable nick. And then I got a little bit carried away with myself and ended up like doing neck and shoulder a bit of an injury, which took about six months to to mend. So whilst I was in the jungle, I was I got even skinnier because you don't eat and you don't. There's no water. I mean, you're literally short of water and food. And um, and you work. I lost fourteen and a half kilos in twenty days. Did Goody, you really? Goody, wow. Goody, Goody, Get me in the jungle. <laughs> Get me in the jungle. I'll be just under a hundred. <laughs> oh, just over. Actually, I'm lying. I'm happy if I'm under a hundred. If I I'm, get down to ninety nine, I'm happy. Yeah, and, I've got heavy bones though. That's you know that's my issue. That's yeah. Heavy bones. <laughs> once you once you got into the jungle, um, I mean, Harry Redknapp was in there, wasn't he? Was. he? How was that? Like, did you? Spend been a lot of time sort of giving him your theories and things about what <laughs> well first the first day we were in there and two harry did two things which really made me laugh out loud he was like are we allowed to swear on these yeah, you're fucking right we can yeah. okay. <laughs> so whatever you want so he said uh, all right so who listens to talk sport then <laughs> deadly silence in the camp nobody nobody listens to talk sport he's like 
Well, that's me fucked, isn't it? And then a bit later on, when we were all be- we all bedded down in the in the bunks and everything, there's a long silence where we've all gone to bed, and he's gone. Is anyone going? <laughs> no. Although there was a bit of that later on with the beans and rice. Um, and he said, uh, so when are they going to say cut and we can get back to the hotel? Did he really? He genuinely thought there was going to be a catering wagon and that he was going to go back to the hotel. That's life of a football manager. He genuinely went into it never having seen an episode and only went because his granddaughter Molly told him he should go. Yeah. So, yeah, we did talk a bit about football and, and I think so nobody else was interested in talking mm. to him about football. What, I, what I want to know is, is he into his ruggers? Yeah, he is. And Does, as is a fact, his uh, grandson yes. uh, is showing some skills. Plays at Quinn's, I think, in the yeah. academy. Really? Yeah, yeah, Jamie Redknapp's son. Um, Why is he playing the Queensland? Get him to Saracens. Get him to a proper team, eh? (laughs) But apparently the lad's a bit of a unit and um, Harry's really, really taken to it. So he said he'd been to one rugby international. So anyway, we sort of made made friends in there and I told him I'd take him to another rugby international. So I took him to a game uh, in France, actually, at home. Massacre. Um, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was I mean, an absolute the French. My favourite um, uh, game that I had on tape was the one in the Millennium Stadium where they uh, where the French beat New Zealand. Yeah. But I have a real... I, I'm as fond of the French as you. But it does bother me at the moment. <laughs> but the thing is with the French, at the moment, it's gone past the point where you can gloat because they're so terrible, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Don't that, you miss the, what they used to do when it was no. like... You don't miss it at no, all? No, I, I, wow. think, I think they'll be good again. <laughs> they will be. Look at the squad. They've named a 65-man squad, haven't they? World Cup squad. The names... Are they allowed to take a 65-man? <laughs> <laughs> the way, names but... in that squad, and if you, I just don't understand it. So at club level, how some of them can be so good. Stick them in a blue shirt, coached by Jacques Brunel, the absolute yeah cowboy. And they are garbage. Scotland of the new France. Oh, oh as in the as in the good way. Yeah. Yes, got, Nick. Yes, he's here. He knows his ruggers. No, but they're playing the open running game. I mean, look at that last game against England where England completely lost the plot. And part of the reason they lost the plot was actually because of how Scotland were playing. Yeah, 100%. You got in a bit of trouble after the last uh, Scotland-England game last year, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's, yeah, there was a Welsh fatwa on me for a short while because I suggested that maybe uh, Mr. Owens wasn't being uh, as even-handed as he could have been. I might have put it in slightly stronger terms than that. Go on, what did you exactly say? I'd said that he was trying to avenge the Welsh defeat the week before. <laughs> 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 Which is, you know, I basically I, I lost it a little bit at that stage. I was annoyed about the way that it was going and I thought that he was he was calling time on our... At the breakdown, he was calling time on our boys quicker than he was calling time on their boys. But um, Was this via tweet? Yeah. Or was it a sober tweet? No. I was at Exeter <laughs> Rugby Club having watched a game and I'd, I was a few in at that stage. Yeah. And then because I was a few in, rather than realising I'd made a mistake, I continued. <laughs> just carried on. And did, Nigel, did Nigel Owens get him back in contact or not? Or was yeah, it just Ni- trolls? No, Nigel did better than that. He he blocked me. No, on, he on Twitter. Didn't. He blocked me on Twitter. And then appeared on a midweek, uh, Jiffy's midweek rugby game. Uh, dressed as me, with wearing a hard hat with Dick Knowles written on it. Oh, <laughs> Nigel. He's getting hard, isn't he? This is what happens. When you're influencers like me and you, people just take the high road, Hold don't on, they? Are you, you putting Head yourself on. as the same bracket as Nick here? Interestingly <laughs> good, he says that. I nearly went on the jungle. I, I, got, I, call, I when, call bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah when you got, were on, I, the, on the jungle, call bullshit on yeah. this was everyone sitting there around there saying, oh, I heard Jim Hamilton was uh, was going to come on here. But where's he Jim? Where's Jim? Do you know what they said to me? They just they said to me I was too much of an alpha to go on. I, I mean, <laughs> Jack, Jack and Ori Jim's right. back out again. <laughs> Jack and Ori, he's, been, said. he's been found out and he's digging deeper lies here. They said, they said, we're going Jamie, we're going Amir Khan, and they saw me and Amir. I didn't see us at a similar level, and I don't think finances were the same. But I, I went to the Ivy TV studios, I went down the line, and it was the year before last. Would you I, fa- so you fancied it, presumably, did you? I was kidding. Oh, of course. You're not worried about the, the lack of food. See, the yeah, a little bit. The interesting thing whilst I was over there is that it's a real comes as a real shot. I mean, the food, there's not much of it, and, and so, but also the dehydration because you actually have to get your own water from the creek, which is, and you carry, it's like 40 kilo bags that you carry up and down the steps, which doesn't sound very much. But once you've had no food for like 15 days and you're trying to carry a 40 kilo bag up, oh, I would have been fine. I would have been fine, warrior, mate. It was a it was an interesting test, and the spiders and snakes and stuff like that's not doesn't bother you in the end. Well, I mean, they're not going to kill you; they can't afford to. So once you know in your head they're not going to kill you, then none of it matters really, does it? It still must be. Fit. Do you have any fears? I'm glad at we all? Got, the way we got away from Nigel Owens, and yeah, we yeah, made yeah, up. Yeah, nice. We, met, we met up at Twickenham and made friends and posted a tweet. You say you can call the fatwa off. He's um, we've made up. Did you have no fears at all on in, in terms of? You, you got any phobias? I know now you've done like it. It's very, very I don't different. like spiders particularly, but then no, I'm kind of interested in the natural world anyway. And to be honest, you, like the thing for me going in there was when you got all those different personalities, and you'll notice from like rugby teams that you've been in, you, you're right. Their, their job is to make you fall out because they think it's great oh, entertainment. That's what they want. Yeah, of course. So their job is to make you fall out. And I said we had a little chat. We 
there's 70 cameras on the camp and then there's when you turn up at the event and they take cameras with you but there's a little gap in the way on, on the way where the cameras aren't on you so we all got together on a little chat and went let's make sure let's work as a team and make it us versus them and if they if we fall out they've won and if we don't fall out we've won yeah and then on top of that we had a, a safe word octopus so, so the idea is that, like, what's that for well because if you're losing it probably I don't think you've ever lost it on the field have you Jim well, no, you got, no, you got no, filled in, no, day, you got filled in by David Pace well no you? I killed a few men on there but I didn't lose it I was under control the whole time so somebody coming up to you when you're on one and raging and going calm down calm down just makes things worse doesn't it because you didn't want to throttle the person that's telling you to calm down as well so what we decided was if you're starting to lose it and you're going to like embarrass yourself by losing it somebody whispers the word octopus and it makes you think Actually, this could, this is going to look bad for me. So calm down. So everybody kept their temper. Everybody got on like a house and fire. We all looked after each other, and it really irritated them. <laughs> <laughs> but for you personally, so I just want want to ask: What were the reasons, firstly, for going in, and then obviously everything that's come off the back of it in terms of profile and you know any changes to your life that you've made, anything like that? I mean, what was the reason first for going in? Well, there are two reasons, and I'll be br- and I'll be really honest about this. First is, um, to, I was genuinely interested because these people always fall out on these things, and I've often wondered on these things whether you could actually get a group of people like that to actually get on. And on SOS and things like that, it's all about people coming together yeah. and making things work. So, and I've been in rugby teams where the trick is to get everybody like looking after each other, and you make it you. I mean, you know, you see that with Saracens recently. They've really made it that, that sort of fortress us against them kind since, of thing. Yeah, since Jim's gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, although I once tweeted you about being in the front row having come on for the last oh, couple John of minutes Terry, did, I, did I reply John, Terry. <laughs> John the John uh, Terry of rugby here of course I, I nearly went on the weekend actually did they, you really? they were goading me to come on but I just didn't have it in me I just weren't in that, that right frame of mind I know could you imagine it was like one of them where I thought there's two ways it can go and Goody's texting me it could either be legendary or it could be like the worst thing I've done since I've retired in terms of embarrassment. So I was questioning whether to do it. I just, I just ran off in the end. Wow. I thought I couldn't do it. So, yeah, so I, that was one thing. I was a genuine interest. I wasn't, I wasn't going to do any other reality programs. And I kept on saying I would never do any reality programs. And the more I said no, the more they upped the cash. And it got to a point where I looked at it and I thought, actually, that's going to look after my... I've got a four-and-a-half-year-old four boy. And I thought, that cash is going to look after my little boy. So, I've, in the end, I've got to take it. Wise. So, just say no, 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 double the... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I did with Newcastle. And they stayed up, but there we go. And then, and then afterwards, like, so what's been the outcome afterwards? I mean, it was all positive for you personally, knocking about in them red speedos. Was that always the plan? Did you buy them before and think, oh my god, I am going to look great in a pair of these leading no, to this? I no. think you can get. I think you, the fact that it actually it waited till I was like the seventeenth day I was in there before they made an appearance. I made a dreadful mistake, basically. You're allowed to take in three pairs of underpants and three pairs of swimming trunks to get you through the process so you can wear swimming trunks for the trials and things. Do they I wash t- your undies for you? No, it? nothing is washed. You wash it Have you seen the show or not? Or I've Andy seen Wright? bits of it, yeah. I, but I, I didn't realise I ended didn't... up washing Harry's socks and pants because he didn't know how to do it. So it's, This come from the mat. He's just shivered at the thought of that. Whereas in New Zealand, you slept on the floor next to a bottle of cat food, which is... Yeah. Worse than sleeping how they slept. I was with the, I was on the Lions floor. That's a good hotel down there, isn't it? I, I don't know. I was on the uh, floor. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Rowe basically came on the Lions tour with us. We brought him there, and he didn't have a room, so he slept on a bed on the floor. I say a bed. He slept on the floor with a quilt, probably not even a quilt, a towel <laughs> ne- next to a cat bowl with food, and he was that hungry, and he'd taken sleeping tablets. He was nibbling it. <laughs> he was eating the cat food by oh, the end of it. Oh my god! So you're allowed to take in. So I took in three pairs of white underpants. I took in two pairs of shorts. White, I, white era skids. Oh, mate. That's exactly right. Like, tell the skids oh my that. God. Trouble is that the red trousers they give you are not actually red. They, the program dyes them red because they can't get older red trousers. Huh? So the first time you get wet in the red trousers, the colour bleeds out of them. So I ended up with my white underpants looking like some kind of Halloween genital accident. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't wash it out of them. They just look, they just look nice dyed, budget. Uh, horrible. So I started wearing the, the, the red speedos underneath as like my underpants for the time I was in there. And I used to have to go in the shower and take them off under the shorts and then wash them and then put them straight back on again. And it got to the end, I was 17 days in or something, I had to go and get some water and I had no dry clothes to put on and I actually was, I had me red speedos in sort of tucked away and I went, you know what, I don't care. And just went went down there to do the water and then Emily Attack came down and started pumping the handle next to me and... Um, it caused, it caused you bit, got excited. It caused a bit of an incident, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. which is natural, yeah. So that was that was quite funny. But I did have to get some stick when I got back, and then so when I got back and when I got out, and like my agent and my the PR were all going right, we're gonna like just forget the whole red underpant incident and like, like just 
just don't answer any questions in the press about it. And then my mate who I went to school with, uh, Larry, who I had a, had a photograph with you at, at Twickenham. Remember my very tiny mate yeah. who was stood between you and Lowell? He said, uh, there's a lad just down the road from me who's 14 and he needs an operation in America and they've asked if they can auction your red underpants. Nice. Yeah, which meant basically then when it went up for auction, every newspaper in the country carried it. But it did get his like website out to the yeah. rest of the country at the same time. And so, they got the money to... So yeah, so he's part way towards that. and we're, um, So it was worth it in the end. But that was a bit embarrassing, yes, the whole red underpants thing. So we've done Nigel Owens and the red underpants thing. Yeah. Is like anything else? Yeah, I've got a question. So you're in, you're in the jungle, 17 days. You've had pretty much no food. Like Matt, men have things that they like to release. Any thoughts on that in the in the jungle? <laughs> like you sat there. There's all these things. You think your normal life that you go. You wake up in the morning, have a coffee. All your urges that you have. You go to the jungle. There's none of that, is there? There's no. no. There's no coffee. No. There's no. No breakfast. Yeah, there's no one to hug at night. No one to hug at night, no. Unless you, you know, get involved in snuggle up with, yeah, unless you want to, well. Harry. That's the, that's the weirdest thing, is like in previous, because previous, you've got all your family there to support you. So a lot of people have got their wives, girlfriends. I actually had my two eldest sons over there as well with me to, to, to meet when I came out of the jungle, and they're there as supporters. And in the past, people have been there and had their other half over in Australia watching the programme, whilst they've copped off on the programme with somebody else. And they're put, their, their other half is actually sitting there watching it in the jungle. And they're like, what are you thinking? Really? Yeah, literally with their other half there in the jungle in Australia with them at the production thing, watching them doing what they're doing. You're not lying there in bed at night, go. You have to be... No, I mean, sucking a nice book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, no. And I, interestingly, at one point, I actually said to Harry, I think mine's gone into hibernation. And he went, Yeah, he said, I haven't felt anything for weeks. And it was like, the thing is, you are literally so dehydrated. That's and, always, yeah, and I know. Like your yeah. picture, Jim, like, that I've got. Yeah, Goo's got a picture of me where I was severely dehydrated <laughs> as well. <laughs> hadn't drank in about three weeks. <laughs> yeah, so. And, the, and, and every time you go for a shower, it's like literally like three degrees. So it's a freezing cold shower. You're constantly, it's, it's just such an uncomfortable environment. It's like the last thing on your mind, to be honest. Well, I was going to say, back to the rugby. Um, what is it, you're, we've talked about your associations. You played black back in the day. Yep. Uh, you obviously pop up. I saw played at school, went over and played in Australia when I left school and um, played out there and not to a massively high standard, but played for Kayama, which is a... Uh, in Australia, the, the big sevens tournament, like the Middlesex sevens here, was the Kayama sevens in uh, in Australia. And that was a great place um, to play rugby. And then at various stages have played rugby in other places. I had a game over in Canada and I once took a job with the BBC to do a holiday series on the basis that I could choose two places of the eight that we were visiting, one of which was Western Samoa. It took some time to convincing them that lots of people needed to go on holiday to Western Samoa, but I basically <laughs> just wanted to go down and get a game of rugby down there. So, <laughs> you know, I've always been in love with the game. And my brother, my brother used to take me to Twickenham when I was about from about the age of about 10 or 12 years old um, and he was sort of 18 and he used to drive us to the ground in the days where you could walk up buy a ticket and you know and go in and just those memories of us the two of us together uh, in in various different um, internationals and we beat you know we were at the home world cup that we did so badly in and we were at the Paris final of the the French when um, yeah when we lost in the final to South Africa that was the proudest I've ever been of a losing England team at that stage. It was an amazing performance against all the odds because they were all battered to death by the time they... So it was it's just great memories and great memories of me and my brother and great moments stood on the terraces, you know, like being... there was I, <laughs> Some years ago, I, I started working for a news organisation. They opened up a new news station uh, called Meridian Broadcasting uh, down the south. It used to be Southern TV and it became Meridian Broadcasting. And I, they decided they would get all their sports coverage in from London Weekend Television. So they used to take sports bulletins down the line. Somebody up in London would record it and then we'd play it into our news programme. Well, I saw this as an opportunity. So I wrote to Twickenham and said, look, I'm head of sport at, uh, at Meridian. Um, we didn't have one. I was like, head of sport. And we haven't <laughs> received their allocation for Twickenham. But they were like, I'm terribly sorry. How many people do you need? I was like, well, three. So they gave me a box on the halfway line, which I had for two years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> They'll come after you now for the fees. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, um, and it was great. We got to go to all the games and report back and I just like, you know, take, take guests along. And it was just... Just, so just great memories, like my whole life, and and I've just loved rugby wherever I've gone. And then later on in life, I've been lucky enough to meet some of my heroes as well. And that's the great thing about here rugby you are. is like accessible. And here I am. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, who, who are your heroes? Who who are the guys that you look at and you'd be like, yeah, they they were proper. Because I know you do a lot of stuff with tins, obviously for the for the rugby for heroes. Uh, Richard, well, Richard Hill was my like as a as a as a player. I used to watch. Richard Can we just Hill. clarify which one? Because I've got I got in trouble once for 
giving Richard Hill, the scrum half, a bit of abuse on here because Richard Hill, the back rower, he's, all his mates down the pub is like, why didn't you get on with Goody when you played together? It's like, <laughs> I like Richard Hill, the back rower. He's a legend. Yeah, the back rower. Yeah, is who I'm go. talking Good. about as a back row player myself. And he was always right in the engine room of everything and just that kind of player that just kept on and on going. And I had I had a, te- a great admiration for the, like when I was younger going to watch Scotland and they had, I mean, I hated them at the time because they were such a pain in the ass to England, but um, Finley Calder and... Um, and Jeffries. John Jeffries. Jeffries, yeah. And those two, as a back row yeah. in Scotland, were just epic, and were everywhere, and irritated the hell out of me when I was when I was younger. But great players like that, and you know, and Rory was a you know Rory Underwood was such a great player, and yeah, Tins as well because he was just like you know really solid and ugly. And he, oh, sorry, yeah, he's had his nose straightened. Now. Oh, no, he's, he like, he's, yeah, all, he's good, all beautiful it? again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's had his te- he's royal family. He's had his teeth done, his nose done. He's talking about getting his hair done. He's asked me for that number as well. So. Genuinely. Yeah. Royal family, 100%. you know, because yeah, we've all right. paid for it, so he's like, he's very happy. <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but also with it, you're um, a massive supporter of the Matt Hampson Foundation as well, aren't you? Um, yes. As an ambassador, you do a lot of work for them. He's he's an inspirational guy. We're obviously big friends and fans of him as well. Um, how did you get involved with Hambo? I literally got invited to an event. I, I, I went to a rugby event um, in London. It was like there was a big dinner. Some uh, somebody's testimonial or something that was going on, and I met him there, and um, I met his dad. Um, yeah. and just got chatting to them really and they started talking about what they were doing and I just thought it was amazing well, obviously we work a lot on, on SOS with like trying to build uh, in facilities for people and facilities are great but actually the the, the mindset to go I'm going to have a go at this yeah. uh, is such an inspiration and there are one or two people that I've quietly being able to get to him uh, who were in a bad way uh, mentally with dealing with the situation they're in and he's so inspirational yeah. that he just refires them up again and gets mm. them going again. So no, he's an amazing, he's an amazing lad, and they're an amazing family. And what he and what they've achieved actually up there in uh, with that the get busy living centre, yeah, it's phenomenal. Just phenomenal, yeah. So what's not to like? Yeah. Mm. Uh, last couple of questions. Then. So looking at all your celebrity friends, are you all into your ruggers? You said Harry Redknapp likes it a little bit now because of his grandson. Many many celebrity fans in ruggers because well, Jim Jim's got a few celebrity stories, hasn't he? Jim? Well, there's another one, Carol Vorderman. Who, who's she with at Gloucester? She's there all the time. She's there more than you. She's she has taken to being there recently. Why? Got, I, I don't. I'm not sure what's going on there. Why would you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I no. <laughs> you just said you just said I know. Did you say no or is it no, 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 or K N O? I don't know nothing about nothing. Uh, I'm like no. Because I'm no looking idea. at it. She keeps popping up on the TV. I'm like, who's with Carol? She, <laughs> she likes rugby. She's really enjoying the rugby as yeah. far as I can make out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no, 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 there aren't Sips. I, Danny, Danny Sips. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you know, I, look, I don't know. <laughs> oh, hey, but we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's no. going to come out eventually, isn't it, one way or another. So, um, no, no, no I, it's not really a celeb thing for me. It's like the great thing for me is actually being on. I remember sitting there once um, uh, uh, do and um, and seeing um, Jason Leonard roll in behind me. Literally, and I, and literally they rolled him in. Yeah, and they were on the next table. I said to my brother, oh, I must think of something, before I ever got to know him. I must think of something original to say, go over and say, because he's not, he's not going to want to talk to me. And he tapped me on the shoulder and went, I hope you don't mind me interrupting. I just wanted to say, hello because we've seen the program and it's like that I mean that's really weird to me but I get to hang around with some of my heroes and people that played the game and I wish I could have played the game I would, I think I'd have given up my entire rugby my entire TV career just to have like run on and pulled the England shirt on once and run oh, out really? no, I'd, have, I'd have stuck with what you've done it was like such a burning ambition for me my brother could have been actually but he he, he was a really good fullback he was um, at Wasps and then early on and then did a cruciate ligament when he was 19 in those oh, days he never mended it no, no, like that no. was it and Game over. So, but he was a really, really good fullback. But I was never ever good enough. The thing is, when you actually get to international and you start playing, when I was in Australia, I was playing against people at international standard, and you suddenly realise the difference. Mm. I mean, it's just there's just another level that people play at at that level, and I was I realised I was never going to make it. You, you got a fair few rugby fans as well, haven't you? In terms of players. So we've had uh, friends of the show, Rory Best and Joe Marler, yeah. on here talking in depth about you. Yeah, Rory, I'm going to see Rory. We're, we've got a, the first ever DIY West in 20 years over in Northern Ireland. Is the next one we're going to, and I'm going to cook up with house? him there. <laughs> mate, he, he don't need a SOS, mate. He's got a mansion with a pool, mate. Well, hilarious. I told him when we were coming over, he went, oh, mate, he said, oh, I, I'll come down and say hello. He said, but I can't go out for a pint with you because we're in summer training for the World Cup. Oh, there already. they are, yeah. So yeah. he's already like not available for that. Um, but I hooked up with him in um, in New Zealand. We had a night after the just before the second test and uh, had a really fun night with him over in New Zealand. He's a top lad, actually. And, then, and it's yeah, Joe Marler as well. Um, not so much top lad or...? 
Yeah, no, he's 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 a top lad. He's very, yeah, very funny. And uh, like that's the thing about the rugby players. There's always there's always plenty of banter going on, and you can you can go in and fill you know in no time at all and have a few beers and have a chat. And that's the thing. Whereas football's so so much less accessible. Yeah. The thing that upset me last year was when um, when Eddie was filmed and was chopsing away, and then that, there was that big Ferrari about the things he said. And it's the thing is, any rugby environment, people are leery and chat and overly chatty and a bit naughty, and everybody accepts that you don't film it, you don't put it on social media, and you just that, that's what keeps you close and able to have a laugh. Yeah, what goes on tour stays on tour. Yeah, that really. kind of stuff. And it was great, really. And and if now now if you have to worry that if you're in a room every time someone's got a a, a mobile phone on trying to record you, it's going to take the edge off of that great sort of camaraderie that happens in rugby, where we all know everybody rips it out of everybody in in every situation, mm. but. So easily to be offended when that's suddenly put out of context on yeah. social media, isn't it? Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a, a pleasure. pleasure. That's fantastic. And the, and the fee was... I, I did it for the fee, really. Very much like the jungle, <laughs> to be honest. All about the kids. That's yeah. what this is. Well, should we make him sing, sing his way out? Or I think you had a number one single or something, didn't you? Seriously, the, uh, the people tuning into this podcast not suffered enough yeah. already. I actually, quite, I actually quite liked it, to be fair. I, I see myself as a bit of a singer as well. It? It, it, yeah, of course. A bit mate, of an album yeah. at some yeah, stage? Well, of course, yeah. Sort of country and western style? or Anything, you... mate. Literally anything. I could rap. I can do it. Oh, yeah, I did a rap, oh, actually. You would have heard that. Yeah, you would have heard that a few weeks ago. Down with a rap. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, I think for the benefit of everybody out there, I won't be singing anymore. But it was a good, look, I don't care. I, look, number my one. Mate, when I came out of the jungle and, and uh, Moylesy had got me to number one with the with the track in the iTunes chart, hilariously. And my mate from America rang up and said, um, congratulations on your number one. I went, you realise it was a piss take? And he went, yeah, but when you come through customs in America, nobody's ever going to know that. <laughs> <laughs> number one artist exactly. coming through. All right, <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll let you off the hook. Uh, thank you for, for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of the show when you listen to it. Later. Yeah, yeah. No, I look forward to that on a long drive somewhere. <laughs> It's like, yeah, get, they'll get me there. Thanks. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Well, we need to, um, we need to get stuck into the uh, Champions Cup final, don't we? Well, we've got the man of the moment. Uh, it's European Player of the Year. Hi, Alex guys. Good. How you getting on? How are you, mate? Looks yeah, good. Uh, I felt better. I'm um, obviously very happy from the uh, the game. It's, uh, it's a brilliant performance from everyone uh, involved and to, to be such a good Leinster side. It was outstanding for everyone in the whole squad and... Um, just makes it even more special. Goody, just stop there, mate. Yeah, you, you leave made, it. You've gone. You've gone from heaven to hell. You've gone from heaven to hell in two days, and you've given us the most stereotypical one-liner we've ever heard. Are you all right or not? Is everything okay? I'm, I'm fragile, mate. Very fragile. <laughs> Are you still in your kit? I'm not gonna lie to you. No, I'm not in my kit anymore. No, it's, 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 it's been washed, is it? Yeah, it's starting to stink. And um, contrary to uh, many people asking me to wear it tonight at the uh, end of season awards dinner, I've just had to put it away for a little bit and try and get my life back together again. <laughs> uh, Goody. Um, Remind myself I'm 31 years old. I should be doing this. <laughs> you thought you were 21 though, didn't you? Oh, mate, yeah, don't, don't worry. So. Hey, this is therapy, mate. Um, where yeah. the hell was the bum bag from? I love the bum bag. Where's the bum bag? Uh, the bum bag. I've still got the bum bag somewhere. Um, <laughs> lovely little bit of kit I picked up from Top Man. I wasn't part of the outfit until last minute when um, Liam Williams was uh, going to get um, a crap shirt, a shirt, and um, I can swear on this podcast. I think. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can swear. <laughs> and then I saw the bum bag and thought, oh, this could be quite useful. I've got no pockets, and and I had my, my phone, my wallet, keys few paracetamol and um, some caffeine and uh, yeah if I went and so, just, I just decided to, decided to leave the gum shield in the sock as opposed to the bum bag I mean it's mm. gone viral everyone knows what's happened the last two days Goody yeah well I didn't expect that I mean obviously I strapped my fingers up you never know what you know you've got to make sure it's match match realistic and um, I had the gum shield ready but is that yeah, in case it just kicked it. off is that well <laughs> <laughs> Mike Ellery actually um, a couple of years back three years back um, after the uh, final uh, after Leon final he did take a swing at me. Oh, and, did he? Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought I'd take the um, the gum shield and get ready ready this time. But um, we are good mates, but it was, uh, it was you know, just silly antics and it made me laugh a bit. So I thought I'd pack the gum shield just in case. But no no problems at all. So yeah, I did need it, but prepared. All right, so let, let, let's rewind the clock. Obviously, let's not talk about the game because no one wants to talk about that. I, everyone just wants to hear about final whistle, singing in the changing rooms, seeing the tiki-tiki-tonga and all that. Then from when you've left the ground, we just need to know Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Just give us the the, the, the events that went on. Give us the uh, itinerary. Yeah, I mean, Saturday was, obviously, you're just so happy you've won. In a change room, Baz did his remix. Tried to 
try to make it a bit better this year with a, a colourful microphone and the music. Didn't really work, but, you know, he, he sang his song. Um, we were, um, went out in Newcastle Saturday night. Where, and, where, um, where? Where did we go? Uh, Banyan. Banyan, so Banyan. Like, yeah. Um, know it. Unfortunately, uh, Austin Healy was there, yeah. um, so that, was, that led down a bit, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, he's uh, apparently mates with the owner. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, so we had a good good time there. It was like families, um, wives and girlfriends, all the coaching staff, all the non-playing group. Uh, we've been obviously having a good crack. And uh, also the the lads who were playing on Monday night when they, they won the uh, the A-team competition. So they were all there taking it, trying to take it easy. So that was good, though, because it was uh, just like an area for ourselves. Everyone was there. Everyone had still been part of it, which is good crack. Finished up. Pretty late in, in Newcastle. What's pretty but, late in your book? Six. Three o'clock finish? Six. We'll call it six. We'll call okay, it. yeah. But the but thing is, as, as Jim knows, we all do, I love the next day when it's just the boys. And so next day, wake up excited. We leave at like 10.30 on the plane home. Everyone's revved up, having some drinks, having a good time. Get back to St Albans and we just went straight to, um, straight to the pub, all the boys. So... Hell of a day that one. Did Crusoe's um, uh, did Crusoe's missus let him come or not? Was he not allowed? Was he uh, basically one night only, or did she let him come this time? No, Crusoe was there. Um, you know, a lot of lads got the visa, so it was all right. Um, family men, and uh, that was a good day. To be fair, very good day. Nice weather. Finished finished later than I would have wanted to on a rural day, and ended up at Crusoe's house actually. And um, you know, you start tweeting George's address. Which he's not particularly happy about. That's the 88 Is that 88 Lavender Crescent? Is that one? Not the one? Yeah. Did anyone yeah. turn up? Um, apparently, someone did turn up, but we'd gone at that point. Uh, That's probably me. Think, yeah, the best thing about that, though, is that we do this gag every year to George, and he bites every single time. And he, like, he goes, This happens every year, and he, he just went mad. And then, obviously, people got on the band, bandwagon and started retweeting it, and he, uh, he, had, he had to beg me to take it down for him. <laughs> um, yeah, I took that down after a while. But yeah, it was uh, just a lot of fun, lads. Um, you know, it's not every day you win Champions Cup, and um, it's a long season, and that's uh, not that boring. It, it's it was a lot of fun. All the boys were in good spirits. The weather, you don't really need much entertainment. You just got uh, the lads having a good time. Well, I imagine it's um, a little bit hazy as you get to this point, Goody. To be fair, yeah, um, yeah. But for you personally, well, we'll talk a little bit about Ruggers because it's been a great season, and we won't talk about Eddie Jones and why he's not picking you and probably what he thinks of the bum bag and you probably should have had your gum shield in your bum bag and all them things but uh, you're probably not in the right state of mind to talk about it but how happy are you with the season so far you spoke about the team we get all that obviously the win at the weekend the one-liner but for you personally your form you know being recognised as the best player in the Champions Cup how, how does that feel maybe not now how, how is that going to feel in two days time yeah I think it's um, it's yeah it's, it's a great feeling um, it's a great feeling because uh, winning is amazing. Um, you know, it's how he's a club I've known, so it's great to do it with these boys. And yeah, I'm obviously I'm really happy. You just want to in uh, big games, uh, really, and throughout the competition, you just want to have an impact and you know not be someone who hasn't done too much or have an influence in a sense. And I've been really happy with how, how I played. Obviously, the weekend was the front line guys who were smashing living daylights out of them, making massive hits repeatedly and big carries. Brilliant, but I think just on a personal level, it was it's 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 lovely to get that award. I said before, I'd snap your hand off just to get a Champions uh, Cup trophy again, and um, you know I'm still unbelievably happy with that. And uh, yeah, the, the, it's the icing on the cake, really, for me. So just happy that um, I'm playing well, and all, all things I can take care of are making sure that I'm playing well, and not worry about anything else. And yeah, the club allowed me to do that, and um, you know it's been a great year in that sense in Europe. What uh, one of the issues that Eddie Jones might have actually. Um... I don't know whether you noticed on Sunday, the Sunday Times. Did you read it? Uh, no. Because apparently no. you didn't even play. They, they put my name down. Andy Goode <laughs> at fullback. How embarrassing is it you, for you that you keep getting called Andy Goode? No jokes. <clears throat> We're um, before the game in the hotel. Be nervous, big game. And there's some fans milling around and stuff. This guy has got a salary shirt on. It looks like, you know, he's, he's obviously followed the club for a while and everything. <clears throat> Comes up to me, follow all lads, and just goes, Best of luck, Andy. Honestly, <laughs> the lads just start cracking up. Straight away after it, another bloke comes up, not even making this up, goes, go on, Andy, have a good one. I went to the ex Alex, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I can't believe I've done that. I was like, honestly, lads are creasing themselves. It was the best thing for the nerves, I swear. Everyone was laughing their heads off, going, 
how did you get it so wrong? I'm like, honestly, more times I get called Andy than I do called Alex. It's ridiculous. <laughs> sorry, mate. mate all I can do is say sorry. I've never felt more sorry <laughs> for a man. I, I, so I apologise on Goody's behalf. Um, Goody, yeah. all I can say is things are going to get better. The next two days, there's going to be a bit of light. Okay, you get some water down you. Barocca. Barocca's key. Barocca, all yeah. them things, all that good stuff. And you'll be back and you'll be as good as new again. Well, yeah, I like to think I'm going to bounce back uh, nice and strong for this. Apparently, one fan has tweeted me saying they're bringing Barocca tonight for the end of season awards. So, very considerate of them, and uh, yeah, we'll get through it, mate. What can I say? It's uh, it's a much better feeling when you when you've won and you've had all that fun than you know if we've lost. So yeah, you can get through anything. All right, Alex. Thank you very much for joining us. Congratulations on the the victory, and congratulations on all the accolades. And I'm sure there'll probably be more more to come uh, this evening as well. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Andy. Cheers, Andy. Thanks, Thanks, Andy. Cheers, mate. Absolute legend. (laughs) Cheers, Val. Sounds like he's been swallowing a pair of testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What a legend. Fair play. You know, we always say top top lad. Mate, what a hero. Like, he's gone viral. I know he did it a few years ago as well, didn't he? It's just, he yeah, does it every does year. It every year. Every, I don't know whether it's the Prem, but I think the Champions, Cup, Champions for the Cup three. He did, he did it the first time on the way back from Leon, yeah. and they showed pictures of him on the Eurostar, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, what a ledge. Is he having a shower in between? Has he got like three sets of kit? Cause <laughs> I don't think he's bothered. Is he absolutely buzzing or what? Yeah, he is loving life, mate. Single no, Pringle. Buzzing, buzzing as in oh, smell. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely humdinking. Yeah, without <laughs> doubt. What a ledge. That's, that's quality, isn't it? As you're... As your gift to winning the Champions Cup, the full kit wanker for three days, is it's just gold. And I'll tell you what's really good about it is because there is a part of the game now that has gone ultra-professional, yep. hasn't it? And we've spoken about it a little bit um, off-air. Old school. How good is it to, to see Brilliant. a bit of old school celebrations and it to be actually be out there in the public domain? Because Nick Knowles mentioned it about the social media, conscious of people saying things. You're fucking right, they're going to go out. Yeah. Just won the Champions Cup. And you've got a downish week. You know, Saracen's going to make a number of changes against Worcester. They're putting the shaggers out, the poor lads, again. Go out and celebrate winning stuff. Yeah. And Haskell mentioned it, didn't he? He spoke about it and said that one of his biggest regrets wasn't enjoying it. Brad Barrett said. Yeah. He's going to go out and enjoy it as well, and rightly so. I mean, it's massive. Playing in the... I'm laughing because I hardly played. Played two minutes. Mate, it's one of the biggest achievements of my life. Yeah. You know, the, the the process of getting there and how difficult it is it to actually get there, but then to win it. Yeah. That's why sport could be so cruel sometimes, can't it? Because it takes so long to get there and there's, someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And when you win, it is the best feeling ever. And when you lose, it's the worst. Mm. So rightly so that the boys have gone out. Goody's gone out. Unbelievable player. We know that. We can't say anymore because Eddie doesn't... Li- what. Eddie doesn't rate him and he listens to the show and anything we say, he goes against the opposite. So, But you, you talk about Saracen. So you've seen him three days and there's a load of them getting smashed. And like you said, rightly so. There's, there's always noise in the change room. Switch on, lads. We've got a big game next week. I used to hate that in the change room afterwards. Mm. You've won a massive game. You've worked really hard. And unless you've got a really short turnaround, some noise will be like, no drinking tonight. We've got a big game next week. I'm like that. You are. Pipe down. But the team that won it, ironically, are the team, Saracens, that seem to have the most fun off the field 100%. as a team. Um, and people talk about this professionalism. Whatever team you do, you're in, whatever team you're in, whatever line of work you're in, you're in a team. People that get on that well together, and they have their ups and their downs. And you know, he, he said Mike Ellery tried to chin him a couple of years ago. Part of the same squad. That happens in every team. But when you're doing it on the smash and you're getting to know each other and building bonds that way and celebrating the success that you've had, but not only celebrating it. They do that throughout the year to build that atmosphere and to build that togetherness. And that, you know, it reaps reaps rewards, doesn't it? Look at the A-team as well. He mentioned it then. So as the squad, they've all gone out in Newcastle and through fault rather than design, the A-League final is in Newcastle. On the Monday. On the Monday. They've gone out. I know full well all the players that are playing in that, all the coaches that are coaching that, Kelly Brown, Powley as well, they're getting steaming. It's a celebration of the club. And then they back up on the Monday and they they smash Newcastle. Yeah. On the, on the Monday night. I tell you, the only disappointing thing for Saracens this year would have been losing that um, Premiership Cup final to Northampton because they could have done the lot, like you tweeted about it. The Premiership Shield that they've won already, obviously, Champions Cup, the women won the Tyrrells Premier 15. They could have won absolutely everything. They won the Sevens as well, could win the Premiership. I mean, what a club. I know, you know, people talk about the wage cap and all that stuff, but yeah, when you've got someone like Nigel Ray, who is, and I, I did a, a piece for Rugby Pass, so there's no point in the wage cap, no point in that at all, except for something to stro- stop clubs going bust. What's it there for? 
don't really know because obviously there's ways around it. But what Saracens do and what Nigel Ray does is invest in with his players. And that's the reward you get as someone like Nigel Ray has put in years of, of cash and millions of pounds. He's now making investments with the players. And the question is, is it right or wrong in the, in the salary cap? Irrelevant. That's what you get from your players. You get extra buy-in, you get extra effort, you get a togetherness that no other club can match at the minute. And that's why they're so successful. And you look at it as well, we're, we're there talking about the Champions Cup winning team. The academy guys are going to be paid on a level that is in line with academy players that are winning that. The women, you know, we did some filming there. We've done a short documentary on them for Rugby Pass. Most of them are part-time. Yeah, It's the culture that they've now... Built, superficial, of course it is. Every culture is a superficial culture. Success breeds success. And it's now an environment that people want to go and play in. You look at Saracens next season, they're adding quality of both player and human being in a guy like Elliot Daly to that squad. Where's he going to play? How good was Lozovsky? How good was he? It's one of them, he's going to Saracens, Elliot's going to Saracens, and you start questioning, he's going to play on the wing, I reckon. Instead of Sean Maitland, maybe. Where where would you put him in? Mate, I didn't think Loz was a 13. He's a phenomenal defender. Mate, I, I, I didn't... I, I was like, now he's not playing 10 and Goody was playing 10 above him. I'm like, where's Loz going to play now? Like, I, I, I was just like, he must be a bit lost. Oh, my God. Yeah. At 13 at the weekend, yeah. he was incredible. Amazing footwork. He's got speed to burn. He could he could be a real serious contender at 13. But again, Eddie Jones gave him an opportunity, hooked him off at half-time yeah. and, and kept forward on and, and moved Farrell to 12, didn't he? How, how interesting you talk about Eddie Jones, right? And it was interesting. I actually read an article. Stuart Barnes. Okay. And it was a bloody good article because the content in it was right. The backbone of that England team of the Saracens team. Yep. Look at the decisions that were made on the on the field for Saracens behind the post. Marrow goes off. Mako goes off injured. TT Lamasatelli goes off injured. Where's that being solved? It's been solved on the pitch. And Mark McCall said after the game, it's the players, it's the leaders, it's Richard Wigglesworth coming on for Ben Spencer and demanding certain parts of the game, need changing, goes to Owen Farrell, Owen Farrell then goes to Brad, Brad goes to the forwards. The players have got full licence to do that. And Mark said after the game, I was there in the press conference, he said it's all the players. We're giving them the tools, there's a game plan to stick to, but if if things need to change on the field, our leaders will do it and they're comfortable to do that. And I think that you, you look at it, and I don't want to bag on about England and Eddie Jones, but that's the difference. You hear these players say, oh, yeah, we stuck to the game plan. Yeah, yeah, we, we stuck to script. Well, sometimes there ain't a script mm. and you need to be able to change it. So, Where did you guys see the changing point in the game? Well, obviously, Leinster go 10-0 up. Mara gets Simbin and I, and I thought that was the correct decision. For me, you're looking back on reasons why there was a swing. You're looking back on reasons perhaps why Leinster could look at themselves and say, this is why we didn't win it. Obviously, before half-time, McGrath goes for the box kick when it's in the red. That has a massive swing on the game because you talk about championship minutes. Championship minutes are last five, ten minutes before half-time and, and likewise after. Now, two massive opportunities for Leinster. One, kick it off the field, you go in 10-3 up. Does that change the game? Don't know. What it what did happen, obviously Saracen scored, as we know, before half-time. You go into the changing room and you are absolutely on top of the world because you, you're the last team to score just before half-time. You then come out and Leinster started really well in the second half as well, didn't they? Two or three opportunities. Liam Williams, you talk about big game players, Liam Williams steps up, ends in an overlap and gets the turnover. Having actually not started the game well. Yeah. Like he dropped two or three high balls and I was thinking, geez, yeah. they're going to struggle here. Like Sarri's kicking game, bread and butter, Liam Williams drops two or three, and like you said, Goody. And that, that's that a, you know, you, you take argument say you take out McGrath kicks the box kick off the field. We go into half time ten three. Right then, start the second half. Leinster score that try. They had a massive overlap, and there's a couple of opportunities actually. Uh, Liam Williams obviously got the turnover coming back down this short side uh, where he closed off the overlap. But on the far side, I think it was Henshaw um, or Ringrose. I can't remember which one had a monster overlap as well and tucked it and went himself. Yeah. So you know, had they scored one of that, that could have been seventeen three in reality, and then. You're asking a different question than Saracens. But, like everyone says, to play against Saracens and to beat Saracens, you have to be relentless. That's what Saracens are. They're absolutely relentless. They've gone down 10-0, then 10-3. They've taken an opportunity. They've gifted them in terms of a penalty. But then they've the accuracy to be able to score. The little intricate play where Goode sticks his hands up, Farrell just gets the ball, tips it on. Just those things. They're things that they'd have coached on the, on the training paddock as well. Little 3v2 draw. Someone step up. You're firing it to the second man. 
because everyone thinks 3v2, go hands-hands, try in the corner. That ain't how it always happens. So they'd have had a, a call where Spencer is hitting the second man, which was Farrell. Good run a short line, get your hands up to suck in one defender. And then it's an, e- it's an easier 2v1. The, this is the detail of the, of the coaching that they go through in the week as well. Um, and that's what wins your matches, you know, the big matches in where those fine moments. Um, the one thing that I thought went in Saracen's favour that I didn't agree with was Fardy's yellow card. Uh, and Jerome Gar says, when did the same as uh, first half? <laughs> I thought Marrow's one were Marrow penalties that were cynical and deserved a yellow. I didn't I didn't see Fardy's one at all being a yellow card. I don't even think he was offside. Yeah, I've not even watched it back. I, I've watched the, the game back, but I didn't watch his, yeah. his replay. But, you know, I, Gar says did ref well, I he thought. He did, I, and I tweeted it. I, I, did you? Through gritted teeth, I'm watching did it, he? and I'm like... Oh, of course, he's actually roughing it. Oh, and then second half, I didn't think he was as good. But um, fair play. I, I tweeted it. I said, Gar says he's handling it pretty well, to be fair. It was one of them as well. You, you look for your big game players to step up. And I thought they did that. Owen Farrell, that's the best I've seen him play this season, I'd say. Billy, okay, without labouring the point, forget what's gone now. What's gone is gone. His performance, I have not seen him play that well since pre-breaking his arm. Yeah. Turnovers, intercept pass, standout moments. But two, it, he had two intercepts, did he? He had two intercepts. Yeah. I think he got the turnover on the try line as well, just before half time, where Leinster were hammering the line um, and obviously scored the try off the scrum. And that was a ballsy decision to go for the scrum then. I, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking points. Mm. No, they, they, they were definitely on top in the scrum. We spoke about yeah. that potentially not being a, a strength. A strength of Saracens. Yeah. Obviously, losing Mako, losing TT. You bring on Baz, you bring on Vincent Cock, who hasn't played well this season. And the scrum, for me, was such a big Dominant, uh, dominance in that game. And obviously, Billy scores that try. Yeah. So, like, Some of the stats, though, were ridiculous, weren't they? Brad Barrett, 28 tackles, I mean, 16 ball carries. What about that human being? What? Uh, yeah, you know, and people were questioning. He went off at half time in the semi, didn't he? Because of his ankle. Wasn't sure whether he was going to play. What a hero. And I'm glad he got man of the match because often you know, people look at, yeah, Billy scores the try. Billy had some big moments and yeah, rightly so. And other players had some big Lozowski was outstanding. You know, other players, Marrow w- w- was pretty good as well. And often the bigger players, the bigger name players, the storyline players get man of the match for an impact like Billy's try. Brad Barrett is the glue that held that team together. 28 tackles, no misses. There's going to I mean, be yeah. There's, how, how are your shoulders? There's How's gonna, your body? There's going to be a massive void when he leaves. Yeah. I mean, how, well, they, how, how much longer can he keep going? I mean, you're doing he, that. He, not you know, he ain't got many of those big games left. I don't mean this disrespectfully for him. You do that. You can't do that week in week out at the top level at the intensity that they were doing it at. Um, he'll play on for another two or three seasons. You but, reckon? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, just I, I look at him that. and I'm like, you go back to Jacques Berger at, at Saracens as well. When you saw him after a game, every bit of his body he'd thrown. 100% into everything. Brad Barrett's exactly the same. And you're looking at him going, how's he still you know, being able to get on the pitch week in, week out when he does and have the impacts that he that he puts into a game? Phenomenal player. I spoke to Brad after the game, interviewed him, and I said, mate, you don't have a mark on you. He said, you know what? I said, since I've had these plates put in my cheekbone, he said, they don't mark. <laughs> so <laughs> that's exactly right. He's got three or four of them. But I think he's the only captain, I think, to win three Champions Cups. I'm right in saying. Yeah, equaled Leo Cullen's record. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so there's two of them. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But some other stats that I didn't mention. Two second rows. So George Cruz, 27 tackles, eight carries. James Ryan, 20 tackles, 22 ball carries. Uh, you ever had stats like that in your life in a top level game? I've been in t- in the 20s in tackles. <laughs> Probably 25 made, 33 missed. Mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look across some of the stats though. That, 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 hey, talking of Cruz over that level that point, was. mate. It, it, again. When he belts Sexton, you, you talk about key moments. Sexton could have got that ball away. He just saw Cruz come in. And you watch the replay, Sexton will go, I should give that every day of the week. Because the play was on to go around the back. Cruz absolutely smokes him. He put uh, an ounce of doubt in Sexton's mind. A lot of that was off the back of Lozowski's tackle yeah. on Conan, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, drove him back. So they're not on the front foot, which makes you a little bit antsy. And then wallop, here he comes. Yeah, there was another one after that. Without labouring the point, that's George Cruz's best game in a long time as well. Yeah. So as a Saracens fan and for everything they did for me, not the house that I rented in Luton off Nigel Ray, <laughs> but I, I'm very happy for the club. And that's yeah. actually the first time where I have been mad buzzing, if that's a phrase, at a game. I was pitch side. I got asked to go on the pitch after, you know, of course I didn't part of the club. <laughs> Who asked you to go on the pitch? Oh, they were, all the lads were calling me. Owen, Owen <laughs> was calling me I down. I, don't, I was I don't like, Owen, so. no, I don't, mate, I know. I this know, is your time, I, Owen. I know, this is yours. I don't want anything to do with it. And then I, I went away, but... Did you have your kit packed? Because we had this conversation, didn't we, off air? 
I reckon I could have done it. You had your, there was chat of you I could have, being I'd the drum shirt, but I didn't want to do did it. Did you have your Lancer shirt as well, just in case they won? I did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just thought, I'm past that now. We're doing credible media. It yeah. ain't Big Jim the Joker, although I was keen as mustard. I was doing the worm on the changing room floor, as I said. You didn't see me there. I was doing the I was mopping up underneath. Don't forget, you can catch all the action from the Premiership, Guinness Pro 14, and other major tournaments on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. I've got to go. you got to go. Yeah, I'm off to New York, guys. The big time, eh? I'm off to big time. Talking to big time. I'm off to film big time. Uh, ben Foden. Yes. So I'm going to love you and leave you. Nick Knowles. I should have asked him. Hell of a bush. Definitely. You can see a man with a bush, and he is a man with a bush. And I'll tell you who hasn't got a bush. Oh. Ben Foden. Have a look. <laughs> I'll tell you who I haven't either. I'm off to New York, and I'm bushless. <laughs> Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. If you're enjoying the pod and are interested in helping us out and getting access to even more great rugby content, don't forget to check out our super fan subscription service. Here's a clip of one of our latest features to give you a taste of what's on offer. This relationship we've got with Eddie Jones, um, he mentioned it before the Tour to South Africa about, you know, if Danny Cipriani is pulling his weight on tour, I'm sure he'll be a brilliant addition. And if he's not, we'll put him on the first plane home. Um, he's then also said things like, I've told Danny what he needs to work on. Do you get a little bit frustrated with people making up what they think Eddie Jones is saying or doing? And I'm guilty of it myself in the press saying that you should be in the team and, and you know, what you've done. And what has he said to you about what you've got to work on? Are you okay talking about those things to, to get you in the squad or is it yeah, I've, something I, that's private between you and Eddie? Yeah, there's, there's things that are private, but it's not like there's a massive list of things. It's just more in terms of like your your, your energy and how you can and, and keep leading and te- some technical points and that's what you have to do and you have to respect that and that's exactly where I'm at and it, the, the, the only frustration comes when people start questioning this and um, things like uh, oh is he a good team man is he all, all that Th- those things come you know and all, all anyone you know you would have been involved in rugby for how long and how many people would you say are genuinely not a good team and it's not really in the DNA of, of rugby people want to win and I've been in some difficult situations where I've not been involved in squads like that 2015 World Cup, but I tried to leave the best version of myself out on the field and in and around the team and be a positive addition. And You just have to keep repeating that until at some point you get an opportunity and then you've got to try and take it with both hands. Um, but then you also got to look within and think, how can I be better? How can I go and do things better? So that's why I think everything that's set up is for me this year to make sure I can try and put everything into place and, and give myself the best opportunity and, and, and then see, see how it pans out. And you can listen to the full episode of that along with loads of other great content, all for less than the price of a pint a month. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod to check it out. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Um, let's have a look at this weekend's game. Do you, are, you, are you wanting Quinns to beat Wasps at the Rico? What, what's the story? So that Jim maybe has to get a tattoo of Joe Mahler on his ass. I'm disgusted by you saying that. I am a Wasps ambassador. And you've just asked me if I want Quinns to beat Wasps at the Rico. Absolutely no fucking chance. As much as I'd like Jim to have a tattoo of Joe Marler's face on his ass, I don't want Quinns anywhere near beating Wasps at the weekend. Wasps have got a battle now to be finishing in the top six. They're going to finish outside the top six, aren't they? Are they? We're hopeful. We've just got to batter Quinns because there's a lot of... uh, a lot of bad blood between Harlequins and, and Wasps. Is there? Well, if you remember the big game... Dave Ward spat on Thomas Young. Oh, Unfortunately, goody. Thomas Young is injured, goody. so he won't be playing. But it was a it was a, a spiky game, so there'll be a, be a bit of niggle there. And Moss want to go out on a high, so um, the Andy Goode suite has got 550 people in it at the weekend. Buzz in for that, and then hopefully we'll do a job on Quinns as well. And Jim will be saved by Northampton's brilliance. So let's say Quinns um, Quinns have a win um, and get into the top four. Um, let's I'm say, not going to talk about that. Okay, let's, let's say that. Let's say they don't. They say they don't. Who who takes that fourth spot? Well, Northampton. It's a shootout between Quinns and Northampton. North, Northampton, no doubt, would be seen by the neutrals to have the tougher game away at Exeter. You know, North, all Northampton fans and, and players will be wanting Wasps to do a job, and uh, Wasps will want to do a job because they, you know, they're now motivated by trying to finish seventh, uh, potentially sixth if results go their way, but more like more than likely seventh, which could be good enough for Champions Cup rugby. So um, I'm saying Northampton are going to finish fourth, as I predicted at the start of the year. I think I also predicted Wasp would finish third, but Gloucester have come good and Wasp have been poor. So lots of permutations on who may or may yes. not get in, uh, where, where you've got to come in the in the Premiership to, to make it into Europe next year. But as far as your top eight go, give, give me your order and how it's going to finish. It's kind of tough, isn't it? Because Saris could still finish top, but who knows what they, 
Sarah's going to be up to. They're still drinking, mm. I think, somewhere. So Exeter first, Saracen second, Gloucester third, Northampton fourth. I'm going to say they're going to finish ahead of Harlequins in fifth, Sale in sixth, and Wasps in seventh, Bath in eighth. That's okay. the way I'm going with it. I could be completely wrong. And you talk about uh, what sort of shape Sarries are in at the moment. Um, Hungover. Yeah. <laughs> looking at Leinster, um, heading into their Guinness Pro 14 semi-final this weekend. How do you think they're going to pull up? Um, really tough one, isn't it? Um, you go back to other teams that have come off a losing final, then they go back into their club competition and there's a knock-on effect. I've got no doubt within that squad it will redouble their efforts. They've got two games now to win the, the Pro 14. They're defending champions. They won't want to lose that crown there at home. To Munster, their greatest rivals. No doubt there's a huge amount of endeavour and energy that's gone into that final. You know, it was a war at the game line, wasn't it, with, with Saracens. So a lot of it will be about resting bodies this week. You know, look at James Ryan, how many tackles and carries he made. First three, four days will be about recovery. Uh, last couple of days will be all about switching on and focusing on where they can beat Munster. They know um, they've got the the making of, of Munster at home as well at the RDS. I, I think they'll bounce back. I don't think it'll be a classic semi-final, but I think Leinster, they've got too much for Munster at the minute. And the other semi-final, Glasgow Ulster. Yes. KV. Uh, well, it'll be captain the bench, KV. Yeah, I, I mean, tough one to call again. Ulster um, have come into some form towards the end of the season and obviously since their devastating defeat in the quarterfinals against Leinster of the Champions Cup, they've they, you know they've gone from strength to strength really. Obviously, Rory Best coming to the end of his career as an Ulster player. Glasgow at home, that's so difficult to beat. Um, I'd like Ulster to win for the story for, um, you know, we've got a lot of friends of the pod from, from Ulster, but Glasgow at home, uh, Stuart Hogg obviously leaving. Yeah, they, they, they're in some tip-top form as well. They're very hard to beat at Scottsdale or Scottsdale. Um, I'm going to have to tip Glasgow for that one. So Glasgow... Leinster final. Leinster Guinness Pro 14 final. Guinness Pro 14 final, in my opinion, will be Leinster-Glasgow. All right, well, should we have a look at uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. If you could design your own pair of custom smugglers, what would you have on it? Would you have someone's face on it? Uh, I would. What would I have on my smugglers? They'd be red for my red lycras. Maybe my gloves. Gloves on my yep. ass. How about that? Well, whatever you dream up, um, they can put it on a pair of smugglers uh, if you're after more info on the custom smugglers for your own team. Head to budgiesmuggleruk.com to find out more information. Actually, I've just decided on my budgie smugglers, I'd have every club that I've ever played for. The badge. They'd have to be massive because I've played mm. for loads of clubs and I've got a massive ass. Yeah, uh, well, not, not masses... To talk about, is there, in terms of ruggers over the weekend? Only two games of significance because we don't talk super rugby. So the good this week, plenty of good though. We'll start off with Claremont. Uh, so much heartache in the finals over the past decade or so, but a dominant win and record equaling third Challenge Cup for them. And especially Ben Kayser's interview. I've never seen anyone speak with so much passion uh, and sort of hurt at the same time, because of what's happened before. And so eloquently, I thought Ben Benny Kayser, um, obviously a good mate of mine and Jim's from my Leicester days, he's been in five European finals and lost them all. So his curse is gone. Um, and I thought Claremont bouncing back to, to a champion team again. Although it is the Challenge Cup, it'll mean a hell of a lot to the players and the fans over there. So that was pretty good. What else was good? Obviously, Saracens um, and everything about them. Uh, winning the Premiership Shield 55-14 against Newcastle at Kingston Park on Monday as well as the Champions Cup and we've spoken about that an amazing performance by them you think of players like Brad Barrett 28 tackles 16 carries George Cruz 27 tackles 8 carries Billy V 17 tackles 16 carries um, heroic stats an honourable mention to a Leinster player within that James Ryan 20 tackles 22 ball carries uh, so Saracens were pretty excellent in winning their third European Cup but the Goud this week, funnily enough, goes to Alex Goud. Not only has he been named European Player of the Year, but he's gone out for three days on the smash, like the good old days of Ruggers. You win the title, he's celebrated hard, he's put it all over Instagram, Twitter, every social media channel. I think it's a brilliant story. Uh, he's a fantastic player. And now he's a legend. And now he's an absolute legend. He's a cult hero and keeping the Goud family name, even though we're not related, going strong. Alex Goud gets the Goud this week. The bad, uh, only one bad thing really this week, and I'm going with the Sunday Times and specifically Stephen Jones. What a shocker he's had, an absolute shocker. He talks about all the medals, all the awards he's won as a journo, uh, but he basically named me as the Saracens fullback and gave me an 8 out of 10. 
There's only two games to report on this weekend, really. The Challenge Cup final on Friday and the biggest game of all in European rugby, the Champions Cup final. And you've called Alex Good, Andy Good. Travesty. Absolute shocker. So the bad this week goes to him. Uh, the ugly. Um, there wasn't much ugly this weekend. Uh, I can imagine the stench on Alex Good after three days on the smash would be fairly ugly. Ooh. But uh, the ugly this week, unfortunately, has to go to James Lowe and his hairy backside. Uh, Schalk Berger pulled his shorts down, didn't he? Uh, no one wants to see that. A big hairy bum hanging out on the field. Not good. So uh, James Lowe, unfortunately, gets the ugly this week. Veet, your derriere, my friend. Good. You mentioned earlier um, off air that you were going to do a shout out to some guys you caught up with in the weekend. Had a big weekend, didn't you? Yeah, well, yes and no. Yes. Friday night, I was up at Stafford Rugby Club uh, doing their end of season dinner quality bunch of people proper old school rugby club the beer was flowing and uh hell of a night that's all i'm saying i can't say anymore there's bush everywhere but uh shout out to the stafford rugby club boys thanks goody and we've got a couple of shout outs to finish off with a big shout out to matt bartlett and millie douglas who are hiking along the great wall of china in october to raise money for mental health charity mind it's a great cause so just head to justgiving.com forward slash mjd MJB if you want to help them out and Goody's got a shout out as well yeah big shout out to Tomo from Hong Kong friend of myself and Jim's uh, whose daughter Isla was diagnosed quite suddenly with a rare bone infection last week Uh, she's having her second and hopefully her last operation today Uh, so we just wanted to send our best wishes for a speedy recovery Isla Thanks, Scooty. Uh, thanks to Jim as well, producer Tim and Nick Knowles for coming along. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.